Viking staff is starting to take shape. We're going to talk about at least what we know about it so far here on the Locked On Vikings podcast with a couple of really fun guests. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. Show is on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. Today's episode is brought to you by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. So today, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Curtis Modkins, who was, it, it was announced yesterday, that it were on Monday, that it was uh, very likely that he was going to get hired. He was expected to be hired. That happened about 10 seconds after I recorded yesterday's episode, so I'm a little late on that. But we'll talk about him. We'll talk a little bit about the D.C. rumblings as well, defensive coordinator. Um, But first, I guess a broader point. It's interesting that the first couple guys, we kind of expected them to go for a defensive coordinator first, right? They have an offensive coach. They need a defensive guy. That's the whole side of the ball that needs. we got to figure out who's managing that. That's a big deal. Um, they have Sean Desai, who they're interviewing. They were going to talk a little bit to Wink Martindale. He ends up signing with the Giants. Um, Aubrey Pleasant is one. There's a D-line coach of the Ravens. Um, so those guys are all part of it. Um, maybe at a later date when I can research them all or just when we hire the guy, I'll tell you more about who those guys are. Um, but they actually do have somebody who seems to be uh, headed to Minnesota, Curtis Modkins, running backs coach for the Denver Broncos, who is uh, also going to be the run game coordinator here. So I will get to this a little later in the show. I talked to uh, Cody Roark, who does Locked On Broncos, who told me a little bit about him. Also later in the show, I talked to Solomon Wilcots of like CBS and NFL Network and stuff. Talked to him a little bit about scheme and specifically with, with regard to Kevin O'Connell. We were talking about the Rams a little bit too. Um, so I'm really excited to share all of that stuff with you. Um, but first, I guess let me prime you as to where I'm at with these hires. And I don't know, I'm not going to decide if I like it or not yet. I think it seems fine. seems like as good a plan as any. But first, got to just define, like, what it is. With Modkins and with the way that O'Connell has talked about the run game and the pass game and how they go together, um, I think I'm starting to get an idea of the kind of team he wants to build. And I don't think it's that far off from what Zach Taylor and the Bengals are doing. Um, that's working out well for them as I look at a bunch of pictures of Bengals players around me at the Super Bowl. Um, at, by the way, it's super weak. If I sound a little different or, of course, you notice it's a different backdrop, that's because I'm here at Radio Row at the Super Bowl doing the show uh, live from the uh, Los Angeles Convention Center. So, the, but back on the point, um, the, the Vikings seem to be building a very spread out style of team. And that's a really interesting fit with Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I kind of brought this up with Solomon, and I think I'm actually going to give you that, and then I'll, I'll, I'll debrief it later because I was thinking about it more since that conversation. Um, but, of course, it's a really interesting fit with Kirk Cousins, and it's also um, an interesting fit with the, the personnel that they have and an interesting kind of departure from what they did in previous years. Of course, they were a full-on outside zone team. Now they're trying to do a – they're trying to be multiple, I guess would be the way that I put it, in the run game. So let me explain. Kevin O'Connell is um, a a McVay guy, and he's a John Gruden guy. 
And usually what you get when you talk about that tree is outside zone and inside zone. Um, and that's the run game. And then you're kind of building off of that. Um, I think Kevin O'Connell has a different idea. So before the 2019 season, he kind of gave the Jay Gruden and uh, Bill Callahan was there that line about, oh, well, you know, you got to establish the run, set up the pass, classic coach things that everybody talks about. Um, the dated point, I guess, but it's sort of the party line. And then as the season wore on, and that was 2019, Washington was a disaster year. That was the year Jay Gruden got fired and they had this terrible offense and Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins. It seemed like Bill Callahan wanted, the run, wanted to run the ball a lot and he was interim head coach after Gruden went down. And Kevin O'Connell was basically given the reins of the passing offense, but he couldn't put together the passing offense the way he wanted to because it was too attached to the run game. And when Ron Rivera took over, he wanted to basically utilize a lot of play action in Washington. And he was choosing between two guys at offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell and Scott Turner. We ended up picking Scott Turner because Scott Turner wanted to utilize play action more than Kevin O'Connell did. And then Kevin O'Connell goes to the Rams and the Rams play action percentage drops precipitously. So to that, all I, I, I can deduce from that is that Kevin O'Connell is not a huge fan of play action. That might scare you because play action is known as universally a good thing, um, but it's more that he wants the run to be its own weapon. And for that to happen, it has to be multiple. And what I mean by multiple is it has to utilize more than just zone running. He wants power, he wants counter, he wants duo, he wants trap, all these other schemes that, um, you know, if you can effectively do all of those things, then you can attack whatever your opponent's weakness is. If they're not good at, at covering duo runs, if they're maybe a little bit lighter up front and duo's really good for if you can overpower them, do that. You're a duo team today. And then next week when you go up against a big, heavy, slow team, you're a zone team that's going to be you know a little bit quicker and, and a little bit more nimble, and you're going to play those things. So you need linemen that are very versatile. You need running backs that are very versatile, and you need to be guys who can learn a lot of things, guys who are smart. So it... it paints a really interesting picture for the current Vikings roster. You have somebody like Garrett Bradbury, very much a zone guy, um, and a zone guy a lot of people don't like. But if they're going to start to put in other schemes, that is not asking Garrett Bradbury to do what he does well, and that kind of seals his fate. Now, he's on the last year of a cheap rookie deal, um, so and it's all fully guaranteed and stuff, so he's not going to get cut or anything like that. But it'll be like a camp battle deal, and that's going to put him behind the eight ball. Um, and I, I wonder what happens with Brian O'Neill, who's very much a zone lineman, although he has plenty of power. Ezra Cleveland, I think, is a little bit more versatile. He might fit a little better, and it's just a matter of, is he actually good? Um, but at least he's a scheme fit, whether, you know, level of quality is a separate conversation. Um, and Christian Derrissaw as well, I think it would be a better scheme fit for those things. Very much a power lineman and a better zone lineman than I think. So, like, those, those linemen and what happens to them um, becomes a little bit more clear. So... All of that is to say, I think we're getting a sense for what the Vikings run game is going to be. And um, that, I, I wrote the same in an article at Zone Coverage, so you can check that out. Uh, but I wanted to get a little bit more insight, so I talked to some people, and that's going to be what you hear now for the rest of the show. Uh, first things first, though, let me talk to you about Gramblin. Uh, so I talked to Dave Mason on the Locked On NFL podcast, and you can check that out, about Super Bowl props. It was a really fun conversation about like how they put it together. It's a lot more informal than you think. They just kind of all huddle up and say, I don't know, this? And then they put it up, and they let the Sharps bet it to wherever it's supposed to be and let the market decide. 
Um, if you want to get in on that kind of stuff, you can go to betonline.net. BetOnline is your one-stop shop for all things sports rambling. And uh, you can bet on whatever. You can bet on, on prop bets like what color will Eminem's hair be? Or what color will the Gatorade be? Or how long will the national anthem be? And will there be a scoring drive that is shorter than it? Um, I talked to Dave Mace about all that fun stuff. It was a really good time. You can bet on basketball, hockey, uh, tennis, golf, MMA, whatever else you want as well. Uh, just go to betonline.net and enter promo code LOCKDOWN. You get a 50% welcome bonus. That is betonline.net where the game starts. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Um, once again, I want to just direct you to all of the cool stuff that we are doing for Super Week here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Of course, you're going to get on-site podcasts from me the rest of the week, probably a lot of interviews, hopefully talking to some cool people. Um, and I'll, I'll try to bring you as much as is relevant um, but also locked on NFL is doubling up and you can actually hear me every single day on locked on NFL. Uh, and you can actually hear me twice on Tuesday on locked on NFL. Um, so you can go catch up on all of those locked on Bengals, locked on Rams, absolute must listens right now, of course. Um, and the locked on NFL locked on today, locked on now, all of that, the network is here at super week. It's really cool. Um, but let's, let's turn to, uh, Curtis Modkins. And I talked to Cody Roark about Curtis Modkins and actually, like, is he good at the job, though? Like, okay, we figured out what his scheme is, but is it a good idea? Is he good at the thing? So I didn't know. I, I don't know the first thing about the guy, um, except for what I researched after they hired him. So I, I asked the guy who knows, right? Cody Roark covers the Broncos every day. I locked on Broncos. Um, so let's just defer to him. All right, here at Super Week for the Locked On Vikings podcast with Locked On Broncos host Cody Roar. Cody, what's up, dude? Luke, glad we get to, to do a bit you, together. Man. Jeez, I yeah. mean, it's, it, we see each other like everybody here at Locked On. For the most part, we see each other virtually. Yeah, we're in water coolers. To be here in person was obviously really great, man. Obviously, great to sit down with you, my friend. How are you doing? Yeah, I know. We got a good excuse because the Vikings are, I guess, expected to hire. It can't. Nothing can be officialized till after they make Kevin O'Connell official. I think. Um, Curtis Modkins yep. from the Broncos to be their running backs coach and run game coordinator. Um, I don't know the first thing about the guy, <laughs> so I need your help. Tell me what I should know. Uh, you know, I tell you what, he's got a really keen eye for talent at the running back position. Now, granted, he's coming into a running back room that has Alexander Madison. Mm -hmm. He's got Dalvin Cook. I mean, that is a fantastic one-two punch right there. But more importantly, he's a schematic guy. So I think for him, it's all about identifying how can we get these guys used properly to what they're really good at. And I mean, when you look at Madison, one of the best second running backs in the NFL. I mean, ideally, he could be a number one running back on some teams you know, across the league. So for him, he's going to really come in and work with Kevin O'Connell once that move is made official, and they're going to find a way to structure. How can they make the Vikings run game even more explosive, which is hard to even ask. You know, yeah. It's like, what more can you do? It was not very explosive at all in 2021. It kind of fell apart, hence, you know, the firing of everybody. Um, so it's, it's, it's a return to form, too. Um, but the Broncos, as I understand, they are a pretty multiple rushing attack. There's some, mostly zone, I guess, but there's some power yeah. and some trap runs and some different stuff. And it seems like that's something Kevin O'Connell's talked about in the past. So is, is that a, a Curtis Modkins thing, somebody who wants to kind of have a lot of tools in the toolbox as opposed to a Sean McVay, let's be wide zone and be the best in the world at it? You know, I think I think though, I, I think that's one thing when you look at is you're going to have to obviously embrace that because you know with Kevin O'Connell, we talk about the McVeigh tree and the wide outside zone scheme, yeah. which Denver's now transitioning to that with Nathaniel. Yeah, Hackett it's we're Justin switching Alton. a little here. <laughs> you guys gave us Clint Kubiak, who 
I'm excited about he's just a quarterback's coach now and a passing game coordinator. Yeah, he wasn't ready to call well, it. Last year yeah. was his first year as an OC. I understand that. But, you know, what you're going to be getting with Modkins, I think, is that collaboration, too. You know, he's got a really good mind. He's a former offensive coordinator as well. And there's been other teams around the NFL that have interviewed him for offensive coordinator jobs in the last couple of years. He's always kind of been up for promotion. He's been really good with Javante Williams. You talk with guys like Melvin Gordon, Javante, even Philip Lindsay, former Broncos running back. They love Coach Modkins. He's one of those guys that's been a really good teacher in that building, and I think that that's where they're going to get back to in Minnesota. They're getting a really good guy that knows his stuff as a running back guy, but also as now a run game coordinator. Yeah, I'm, 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 I think I'm excited about this then. I think you talked me into it. I, one of the big things with the Vikings running backs that they struggled with in the last couple of years that he's going to have to take over is finding the right gap, vision. Um, so how... I, I, it's hard to discern, obviously, because you can only work with the guys you've got. But how do you feel about his ability to kind of teach guys the right gap, the right place to be, the right the right aiming points and stuff? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he, he does that already. You know, what a lot of his individual drills and practices run work on identifying when to cut back, when to, you know, cut it outside. You know, those are things that are just going to come with reps. And, you know, for a guy like Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison, it's just the continuation of getting those reps and I, I think understanding the philosophy I, I really wonder how things will open up especially if the whole emphasis will be kind of almost similar to what we saw in Minnesota run to set up the pass I don't know if it's going to be Kevin O'Connell has has had the opposite influence everywhere where it's passed to set up other passes and it's very spread and west coasty stuff he learned when he was backing up Brady yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if it's going to be. The run game is going to be kind of on its own, and I think that's why the first guy they go out and get is their run game guy because I don't think Kevin O'Connell wants much to do with it. Well, Kirk Cousins better start warming his arm up and get used to uh -huh. like, throwing 40 passes yep, a game. Yep, 40, 50 here. a game. <laughs> hey, but, you know, it's going to open things up for them. I just think that, you know, Luke, for me personally, I look at the Minnesota Vikings, and my philosophy would be like, hey, you utilize that offensive line. It's young. You've added pieces there. You have two really good tailbacks. You would be – a fool not to utilize them and base them off your offense. Look, I understand, yes, you have Justin Jefferson, who's talented. You have yeah. Kirk Cousins, who had you know one of his better years in terms of touchdown-to-interception you know, ratio efficiency. You have to find a way to get more guys back, and you're going to get Irv Smith Jr. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to run the ball, involved. use him as well, because he'll be a good blocker for you coming and, off that injury. Yeah, and create those conflicts. Exactly. Cody, thank you so much. I can shake your hand after an interview. This is awesome. You should watch on YouTube so you can see that. We're here at Super Week. Uh, you can catch Cody on Locked On Broncos and also Pro Football Network stuff, right? Yes, we even have Alexander Madison on tomorrow, so that rules. So we'll send that. Very over. good. Good. Go check that out. So I think Cody seemed really uh, messed up about it. I actually was like, "Hey, Cody, we got Curtis Modkins," and he went, "Ah, crap." He didn't want to lose him. So for whatever indicator that is, right, maybe that's a reason to be optimistic. But, again, it is interesting, you know, defense and run game. Those are the things that that Kevin O'Connell is not going to be as involved in, and that's why uh, they, they prioritized finding those guys. You need someone to manage that 100%. Um, so you need a run game coordinator and running backs coach before you need, like, an OC <laughs> because the passing game is going to be, I think, a lot in Kevin O'Connell's hands, and he's like a passing game guy. Um, it's... Very interesting. There was one name that didn't come up in my talk with Cody, uh, Mike Boone, who has been both with the Vikings and then he went and he actually kind of found a little bit of a stride in Denver with Curtis Modkins. And honestly, I don't know if things with Mike Boone ended on, on a good note or not. I don't know how smooth that went, that I wasn't in that room when he got cut and then he ended up going to Denver. But maybe there's a return in the cards there. Um, and what happens with... Dalvin Cook and Madison is really interesting, too. I mean, Madison full-on zone guy. So if we're going to start running other running schemes, that's going to be a thing for Madison to learn. 
if he can learn it, he becomes that much better of an asset. And if he can't, he might have to, you know, he's on a contract here. So he might have to play out this year and then go somewhere that runs solely zone, like maybe Denver, where Nathaniel Hackett's going to go like only zone. They're going the exact opposite way that the Vikings are. So really interesting stuff. Um, I want to get to my Solomon Wilcots interview uh, that was phenomenal. So I'm going to get to that. First, uh, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is Built Bar. Built Bar is a lovely snack for if you are still clinging to that New Year's resolution, uh, good on you. You did better than me. But if you still, if you if you're struggling with it and you you woke up in the middle of the night craving something chocolatey, reach for a Built Bar. It's like 130 calories in one of these bad boys. It's not going to knock you off the wagon. Like four grams of sugar, it's fine. Um, but like 17 grams of protein and it's covered in hundred percent chocolate and it's delicious and a whole bunch of great flavors like chocolate peanut butter or cherry or chocolate coconut cookies and cream. They're awesome. So head on over to built.com enter promo code locked 15 L O C K E D one five. You can get 15% off of your next order. I also want to talk to you about my new favorite app. It's get upside. Get upside is a great way to save money at the pump. Gas prices are skyrocketing, especially where I am in Los Angeles. Um, but everywhere, right? Gas prices are going up. It's a rough world out there. So uh, maybe cut a little off the top there, and that's what GetUpside can do. You can save money at the pump. You can save up to 25 cents a gallon, maybe even more on your first fill-up if you enter promo code TOUCHDOWN. It's Just go to the App Store. GetUpside's a free app. You can download it. Enter promo code TOUCHDOWN when you sign up for it. It'll tell you what gas stations around you are participating, and then you can uh, go to one of those, fill up, take a picture of your receipt, and that's it. The money just starts piling up in your account. You can deposit it however you want. You can just do a direct deposit in your bank, or if you'd rather, do like an e-gift card, like a Google Play or or an Amazon or something like that. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play. Get the GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 or more per gallon cash back when you fill up. It is just free money. What are you waiting for? Now, let me just get right into the Solomon Wilcott's interview. I asked him about Kevin O'Connell. We talked about play action. We talked about spread. We talked about uh, bootlegs and stuff like that and Kirk Cousins. It was a really awesome conversation. Welcome to Locked On NFL Podcast, Locked On NFL Network. I'm here with Solomon Wilcott. We're call, ta- talking a little bit about the Los Angeles Rams, the away slash home team in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I guess, so the Rams have changed their identity a little bit. On especially on offense, this is not the full-on wide zone, super samey offense that they ran in 2018. It's a lot more multiple than that, and I'm I'm curious if if you have any thoughts on that. There is this tug of war, I guess, between kind of the Zach Taylor B11 personnel every single time versus the Sean McVay, uh, who did that a few years ago and has now moved away from it a little bit. I don't know. What do you think about There's this tug of war, and it seems to be conflicting schools of thought. I tell you right now, the, the Rams would love to do that. They would love to go 11 personnel. They love to go three wise. Remember a guy, Robert Woods, they lost him. Sure. And uh, Odell Beckham Jr. comes in. They lost their ability to run the football out of that 11 personnel. Uh, and then what happened is I think they rightfully hit the reset button because their entire offense is predicated on getting the runner to the second level, being able to run play-action pass off of it, bootlegs, reverse bootlegs, and all the while dragging Cooper Cup across the formation, mm-hmm. beating those double coverages. So everything comes off the run game or run action. And then when they lost their ability to run the football out of 11 personnel, they had to hit the reset button. What did they do? They went 13 personnel. They went one back, 
three tight ends. Mm -hmm. And one of those tight ends, they used an offensive tackle. So they had six offensive linemen. Heavy. And, and, their, and that's how they got back to running the football. But it was out of 13 personnel cheating, substituting, because they didn't have the tight end. They don't have a bigger tight end who's a good run blocker. So instead of um, making that tight end a, a traditional tight end, they substituted him with an offensive lineman and snuck him on the field so that the defense would think that, oh, I got I to gotta cover the pass. And then they caught him with light defenders in the box, and the Rams really got back to the basics of running the football, and that's how they were able to hit the reset button offensively. Yeah, and I think a big part of that, too, when you're trying to run out of 11 personnel, and we don't talk about it nearly enough. Mm -hmm. Those wide receivers have to be able to hit an angle block. And that's mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of those things with Cooper Cup um, that he, he really excels at. Yeah. And everybody wants to look at, you know, that, that leak thing where then he wheels up and catches a 30-yard pass. Yeah. But that angle block thing or being able to just get himself down and dirty and actually knock out, like, yeah. you know, get, get a block onto a linebacker that's bigger than him and have the mm -hmm. right technique is such a big deal to being able to run out of that 11 personnel. All of their receivers, I, you're, you're right, um, Cooper Cup is very unselfish. And I think people don't realize how much they lost when Robert Woods mm. went down. He was a do-it-everything guy. He was a good blocker. He could set the edge on the jet sweep. He could run it on the jet sweep. Um, and so um, a lot was lost when he left the game. But if you look at both of those offenses, uh, that's what Jamar Chase is really surprised to be. For he, sure. He blocks down the field, right, in mm -hmm. the run game. All three, uh, all of those guys both, do. This, these offenses are very similar um, in their origins, in terms of foundational uh, concepts. They're very similar. I mean, um, I don't think you could ever get two teams um, that run a similar offense playing in a big game like this as much as we have in this game. Yeah, it's really fun. And, and I want to switch a little bit to – the, the defense, which has gone through a few iterations over the years with Brandon Staley and then Brandon Staley leaves, um, and, uh, and and now it's Raheem Morris, they have Jalen Ramsey, they have Aaron Donald, and they've had a smattering of superstars come in and out, you know, John Johnson, um, Vaughn Miller now is there and all that, in, in different positions and stuff like that, but really it always feels like it's centered around those two guys. So I guess my question to you, as somebody who's probably forgotten more about football than I'll ever know, how do you build a defense around two superstars that, um, that, that prolific? How do you maximize those when it comes to, like, schematic playing? Well, you let them do what they do, but... the reason why, um, say, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are great defensive players is because they're multiple. Not because they do one thing good. Mm -hmm. They do multiple things at a very high level. So, for instance, Jalen Ramsey could be an all-pro if he just played in a primary zone cover defense or if he just played primary in a single man-to-man -man defense. Mm -hmm. If you just said, hey, Jalen, you're man-to-man -man this week. That guy's still going to play at a high level. He mm -hmm. could be an all-pro. If you said, okay, we're going to play cover three zone concepts, mm -hmm. same thing. If you told Aaron Donald, um, you're going to be an edge rusher this week, he's still going to get to the quarterback. If you said you're going to be an interior guy, three technique, have to split double teams, mm -hmm. he's proven he could do that. Yeah. So that's what I think people need to understand. Most great players, they're not just great because they can do one thing, um, because – we can stop in our league. We can take 
take you away if you were just a one-trick pony and can do one thing well. Right. We're going to force you to, to do, do something else. you yeah. doesn't do well. And with these guys, there's not an area <laughs> where they're weak, and, that, and that's really what makes them great. Yeah, and I guess um, it, you're going to have to check out Lockdown Bagels because I'm so curious about what they're coming up with to, to counter those people. Um, but with the Rams, I'm going to be a little selfish now. I'm a Vikings fan, and I got to – because the Rams uh, – the, the Vikings just hired a guy off of the Rams coaching staff. Um, Luke Braun here, Lockdown Vikings, talking to Solomon Wilcox. So Kevin O'Connell's influence on – the Sean McVay offense has been really fascinating. They've been yeah. doing a little bit more spread stuff. It's what he wanted to do in Washington as well when he was offensive coordinator there, moving away from play action. This move away from play action has been really, really fascinating, kind of league-wide. Um, and I guess... Wait, who's moving away from play action? The Rams, they're doing less. No, the Rams use play action. The play that you saw when they hit, when they hit Cooper Cup late in the game against Tampa, they're going play action. The reason why they the reason why they went away from play action is because they have a quarterback that operates at a very high level in spread formation. Yeah. But then guess what? He started throwing pick sixes. Yeah. And then they had to go back to running the ball, which meant they went back to play action. Play action does multiple things in an offense. It helps you to protect the quarterback. Of course. Because his defense has to read a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. That slows down your pass rush. It helps the receiver get greater separation at the second level of the defense because second level defensive players have to read and make sure that the quarterback clears the running back. Play action is used so pervasively around our league by the best teams in our league. So I'm sorry. I mean, it's your show. I, but no, no, I, yeah. I, we're not me seeing <laughs> teams move away from play action. We're seeing teams move into play action yeah well I, maybe I'm, I'm mixing up with the Rams they they have run two-thirds as much play action as they did in 2019 in these last couple of years so it's it's been less and I guess I'm investigating why that is but maybe that is just a thing about the, the fit with Stafford and the personnel and stuff like that but also with O'Connell specifically he had a shot at the OC job when Ron Rivera took over in Washington yeah. Ron Rivera picked Scott Turner because Scott Turner wanted to run more play action and Kevin O'Connell didn't so the he, Kevin O'Connell wants to run the spread thing. He, I mean, he backed up Brady back in the day, and he wants to run that offense. Let's be quick. Let's get, you know, death by a thousand cuts, mm -hmm. four yards a pop. Let's get really rhythmic and get into it. Mm -hmm. So it feels like, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to construct an offense. I think the the wide zone bootleg thing is the current wave of everything. So, but there's still uh, other so ways. Here, let's have a conversation. Sure. Say you're Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. And you want to run Tom Brady's spread. You think he's going to do that? with Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook in the same backfield? No. There you go. So but does he keep so, Kirk Cousins? So the reason, but here's the deal. No, yeah. you, you're, he's guaranteed the $35 million he's getting. So yeah, that you tells you he's keeping Kirk Cousins you trade for him, 2022. Yeah. So here's the deal. Kirk Cousins, it's not, he, you've got to, as a coordinator, you've got to play with the cards you have, mm -hmm. right? It's like us playing cards. I can want to do a lot of things, but, man, my hand doesn't mm -hmm. allow me to do all of that. So until you go and get that quarterback that allows you to play that more spread style, and, I, I mean, I agree with you that he may want to play that, yeah. but when you, all, when you have the ingredients to win with play action or win with a Kirk Cousins, the best way you're going to leverage – Kirk Cousins' talents is you're going to have to run the ball with Dalvin Cook, right? Alexander Madison, and then you're going to come off smoking with play action. You're going to you're going to be able to generate big time mm -hmm. plays 
within the offense. Kirk Cousins, a lot of people give him a lot of, uh, give him a hard time. If you go back and take a look over the last three years, if you really point it to why the team hasn't been in the postseason, I think you could find about four or five other reasons other than pointing to the lack of production by Kirk Cousins. Because he's had had the production. The defense had been in decline. Mm -hmm. The defense has stopped to get turnovers. The defense wasn't measuring up. And all the while, um, you transition from Stephon Diggs to Justin Jefferson that don't even miss a beat. You can't do that without a quarterback True. doing something right. And I, I mean, that's not you and I aren't debating this, which I just really wanted to layer the conversation yeah. with, with some facts that lend itself um, to suggesting what they need to continue to do and how they want to build on some of the things they had currently do have, have been doing, and that is playing very well on offense. Can they get better? Yes. Yeah. But they've been playing very well on offense, losing the games in, in other <laughs> in by weird other ways. Means. Sure, yeah, yeah, by other means. Yeah, and if you look the one year with Kirk Cousins, the Vikings made the playoffs. That was 2019. That was the year where they were a full-on bootleg outside zone. Like that was their game. It was a Gary Kubiak classic offense. And maybe you go back to, to recapturing that. Maybe you go to some kind of like quick game thing, um, where. One of the things that Kevin O'Connell talked about a lot that really fascinated me was he talked all the time about getting the quarterback in rhythm and just getting them in the rhythm of the game. So the first couple of plays would always be, and, you know, he said Hall of Famers or whoever, you know, Tom Brady or Mark Sanchez, whoever, needs that, you know, give me a couple of quick ones that can get me in the rhythm of the game and just kind of get me feeling the tempo of it. And I, I love that, especially, I mean, he was a quarterback's coach at the time. I love that from a quarterback's coach. And I, I love just learning about that kind of thing. That's like, what are they actually thinking about on the sideline for somebody who doesn't you know, get to be on the sideline, you know? So when we talk about getting the quarterback in rhythm, it really is about getting the offense in rhythm. Mm -hmm. And so here's what that looks like. If a quarterback comes out, three-step drop, ball out. Five-step drop, ball out. Seven-step drop. Texas got a whole little longer ball out. Defenses also know that quarterbacks throw in rhythm. You time up three-step drop, I'm jumping the route, bam, ball's coming back. Mm. They're picking you off. And that's why it's not more as much about quarterback being in rhythm because you show me a quarterback that throws in rhythm every single time, I show you guys going to get picked off a lot. Okay. Because – Defensive backs aren't just these toy mannequins, right? Right. They they're, get paid, too. <laughs> they get paid, too, man. They're smart guys, too. You throw in rhythm, hit the top of your drop, I'm breaking early. Boom, I'm picking you off. That's how we intercept balls, right? Mm -hmm. So, but you get the offense in rhythm. That is run, play here. Get you get the defense running, leaning hard into that. But I'm off tackle quick because I'm going quick count. Bam, ball off tackle, nine-yard run. Ball off tackle, nine-yard run over here. Now the defense is running over here because I'm going hard to pull the ball out, bootleg out the back door, bam, mm -hmm. dump to the tight end, George Kittle. It's this about like what, manipulating this guys. This is yeah. what Kyle Shanahan does better than any coach in our league right now. Doesn't even have the great arm talented quarterback. Doesn't even have the best running back. He don't have Derrick Henry, but he's leveraging the things that we're talking about to yield production within the offense but yet he don't have the best runner, and he doesn't have the best thrower. He don't even have the best blocker because it's a choreographed unit that's dictating rhythm, tempo, tone, and tenor of the offense that keeps the defense off balance. And so coaches who've been around for a while, they know that. 
Other guys are still figuring it out. So with the play action thing, it, it was interesting. So I, I, I think he was, he just had me. I think I was just wrong when I talked about um, like the actual league is still, of course, way more a play action league than it ever was. But I think I was talking more like very, very recent history. You have teams like the Rams that have moved away from it some with more spread concepts and stuff like that. Um, and that might have been like an injury thing. Um, and, you know, losing Robert Woods, not being able to, to run block with your wide receivers and stuff. Um, God, that was such a good conversation. Um, but it, it's also really interesting that after all that conversation, and, I mean, how passionate was Solomon Wilcox about, like, no, play action is the way to go. Kevin O'Connell really doesn't seem to believe that. And maybe that's, I mean, I am reading into the tea leaves. I could be totally wrong. But he lost a job in Washington because he wasn't going to do that. He gets to L.A. L.A. starts doing it less. I see a pattern. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's, it's well, all, all things are remain to be seen. And we got to, of course, talk about the defensive coordinators. Hopefully I can get to that tomorrow or whatever cool interviews are there. Um, this is a very exciting week here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network in general. So I hope y'all stick around uh, with, with us for, for all of that super exciting stuff. I will see you all tomorrow. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q. He's somewhere around here doing awesome stuff with all of his Raiders things, but he also does the Locked On Bets podcast. They'll get your grambles straight. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.